Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 73, and we're recording here on July 16th, 2023. This podcast is for entertainment only and is not investing advice, so please do your own homework. All right, we'll start with the market update. Stocks finished mixed Friday, but scored solid gains for the week as surprisingly moderate U.S. inflation data prompted hopes that this Federal Reserve could soon stop its pattern of interest rate hikes. With June consumer prices and producer prices showing smaller than expected increases, investors are now considering whether a strong economy could push stocks higher by the end of the year. Earnings season started Friday with reports from some of the big banks, but investor expectations for this season are decidedly downbeat, with the analyst consensus forecasting a 7% year-over-year decline in S&P 500 earnings. All three stock market benchmarks rose for the week, with the Dow Jones and NASDAQ each tallying their best weekly percentage gains since March, up 2.3% and 3.3% respectively and the S&P adding 2.4% for its largest weekly gain since mid-June. The market's weekly performance was helped by gains in heavyweight growth sectors such as communication services, consumer discretionary, and technology. The lattermost sector continued to add to its blistering run this year with a few notable developments among mega-cap names, Amazon's popular Prime Day shopping event set a sales record, Alphabet's Google unit expanded its artificial intelligence chatbot barred to Europe and Brazil. Perhaps the most significant and closely watched development was around Microsoft's planned $69 billion acquisition of video game publisher Activision Blizzard. In a major victory for the two parties, a U.S. federal judge on Thursday denied the Federal Trade Commission's request to temporarily block the mega deal, and late on Friday, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals denied the request from the antitrust regulator. A U.K. appeals court has now set Monday for a hearing on the deal after a report this week that Microsoft and Activision were evaluating selling some of their cloud gaming rights in the U.K. Looking ahead, the earnings calendar in the week ahead includes big reports from Netflix, Bank of America, IBM, and Tesla. Economic reports of note include the latest Empire Manufacturing readout, the June retail sales report, existing home sales report, and another jobless claims update. Federal Reserve members will be in a blackout period ahead of the Federal Reserve meeting scheduled for July 25th, 26th at publication time. The probability of a rate hike at the July meeting had risen to 92% based on Fed funds futures trading. Uh, Signs of inflation problems are coming to an end, perhaps, and rate hikes are nearly over, maybe. Uh, And so as a result, the Russell 2000 stocks are rallying after a big rally in the major indexes of large cap stocks focused on the what they're now calling the Magnificent Seven stocks. Um, uh, they're suggesting that investors should have a preference for small cap stocks in the Russell 2000. Okay, jumping into Bitcoin news for the week. We'll start with uh, some of the top stories. 
and uh, some of these we'll dive into a little bit more depth. First one, judge rules XRP is not a security in SEC's case against Ripple. Ripple Labs scored a, oh, sorry, I should say this is from Cointelegraph magazine. Uh, and again, I'll put links in the show notes to all of this that I'm going over. Uh, Ripple Labs scored a victory in a district court in New York on July 13th with Judge Annalisa Torres ruling partially in favor of the company in a case brought forth by the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission dating back to 2020. According to court documents, Judge Torres granted summary judgment in favor of Ripple Labs ruling that the XRP token is not a security, but only in regard to programmatic sales on digital asset exchanges. XRP's price skyrocketed within minutes of the news breaking. The case has been ongoing since December 2020 when the SEC sued Ripple and two of its executives over allegations of offering an unregistered security. Despite the positive outcome, several lawyers warned against celebrating too soon, noting the ruling is only partial and does not set a precedent. In addition, the SEC may appeal the decision, which could result in a reversal by a higher court. And uh, we'll be going over this one in a little bit more detail. Not that I like shit coins, but it's good to understand what's happening in that particular case. Uh, XRP, next one here, XRP becomes fourth largest crypto after Ripple's partial win over SEC. XRP has become the fourth largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization this week. After Ripple's partial victory over the SEC, the price of XRP surged as much as 98% in the hours following the decision reaching as high as 93 cents, according to data from TradingView. Meanwhile, its market cap surged a whopping $21.2 billion to reach a new yearly high of $46.1 billion. The new ruling has also sparked a fresh wave of relisting activity from mainstay U.S. exchanges with Coinbase, Kraken, and iTrust Capital making the token available for trading on their respective platforms. Uh, Don't be lured by the shit coins. Next uh, here, Celsius Network fined $4.7 billion by FTC and CEO arrested under criminal fraud charges. Uh, so this is some good news for people who've been following this and perhaps have uh, been wronged by Alex Mashinsky. U.S. authorities have announced charges against the former CEO of bankrupt crypto lender Celsius, Alex Mashinsky, over securities fraud, commodities fraud, and wire fraud. Former Chief Revenue Officer Roni Cohen-Pavan and Mashinsky will also face charges of conspiracy, securities fraud, market manipulation, and wire fraud related to manipulating the price of the Celsius token. Authorities arrested Mashinsky as part of the indictment, which included which includes several criminal count, seven criminal counts. In parallel, the Commodities Futures Trading Commission announced a complaint against Celsius, along with a $4.7 billion fine, claiming its co-founders marketed the platform as a, quote, safe place for consumers to deposit their cryptocurrency while misappropriating over $4 billion in consumers' assets. Under similar allegations, the SEC also filed a lawsuit against the company. While Celsius is cooperating with regulators, Mashinsky pleaded not guilty to charges of misleading customers and inflating the CEL token. 
And this is a guy that was coming after Bitcoin maximalists over, you know, self-custodying Bitcoin and why you want to do that. And you're going to lose your keys and you should put it someplace safe and, you know, we'll pay you interest on it. And uh, now he's in jail. The uh, universe is healing. Next up, uh, Europe's first spot Bitcoin ETF, Eyes 2023 debut after a year-long delay. We'll talk about this later as well. Europe's first spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund is set to debut later this year after a long delay. The Bitcoin ETF created by London-based Jacobi Asset Management was set to debut in July 2022, but was postponed due to market conditions. The asset manager now sees a gradual shift in demand compared with 2022. A related development also took place in Argentina this week as the nation welcomed its first Bitcoin futures contract. According to Motva Rofex, the trading platform behind the investment vehicle, it is the first Bitcoin futures contract in Latin America. Binance headcount reduction hits 1,000 employees. Binance has reportedly laid off hundreds of employees in recent weeks, according to former employees. Cuts were global, and customer service workers were heavily affected, particularly in India, including the, this week's layoffs. Over 1,000 employees have lost their jobs at the exchange. Before the slash, Binance's global headcount was estimated at 8,000. The reorganization could cost Binance more than a third of its staff. The crypto exchange announced the 20% reduction in staff on May 31st, claiming it was not downsizing but reallocating resources amid the ongoing crackdown in the United States. Binance's most enduring challenge is reportedly an ongoing investigation of its activities and executives by the U.S. Justice Department. Um, they seem to certainly be under attack by the U.S. And, um, well, you should just buy your Bitcoin from a Bitcoin-only exchange. And uh, prediction of the week. Can Ripple hit a dollar? Who cares? Um, let's see. Blockchain Association calls for investigation into Prometheum over alleged sweetheart SEC deal. The Blockchain Association has submitted a letter to the U.S. SEC calling for an investigation into crypto firm Prometheum. In the letter, the Blockchain Association requested the regulator to take a look at Prometheum's special purpose broker-dealer license approved by the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. The group also raised concerns about the means by which co-CEO Aaron Kaplan secured a seat testifying before the U.S. House Financial Services Committee in June. Prometheum has reportedly changed its public position from calling for regulatory clarity from the SEC to claiming that Quote, there exists a clear pathway to registration for digital assets and legislation is unnecessary in the country. Shitcoins. Hmm. Can't stop them. Next up, a New York prosecutor charges hacker over $9 million exploit of Solana-based exchange. A former security engineer an international technology firm has been arrested and charged for allegedly using a smart contract bug to steal $9 million in cryptocurrency from a Solana-based decentralized crypto exchange. The attack was carried out in July 2022 and involved exploiting a vulnerability. I love how they just figured this out a year later. 
and exploiting a vulnerability in the exchange of smart contracts to generate inflated fees with flash loans. The exploiter later returned most of the funds, but was allowed to keep $1.6 million as a white hat bounty. The indictment indicates that the U.S. Department of Justice will pursue criminal charges if a person intentionally uses a protocol in a way that was not intended to be used, crypto lawyer Orlando Cosme said on Twitter. Uh, Algorand decentralized lending protocol AlgoFi to shut down by the end of the year. More shitcoin deaths. AlgoFi, the borrowing and lending protocol built on decentralized finance blockchain Algorand, will soon shut down, according to July 11th announcement. Developers believe in the strength of Algorand's technology and novel consensus algorithm has not wavered. Liquidity mining programs will be halted and several collaterals will be reduced to 0% until December. The AlgoFi protocol has around $25 million in total value locked, down from its $135 million peak in February. And I think Algorand was hacked um, a while back, and um, uh, so a lot of people lost uh, whatever, you know, access to whatever was in their Algorand wallets when that hack occurred. Um, so, shit coins. Stay away from them. A uh, couple other random things in here. Experts want to give AI human souls so they don't kill us all. <laughs> if developers make AI more human, it may become our friend instead of enslaving us. But what happens when the software gets upgraded? Uh, interactive NFTs, the future for sport. Vegas Sphere excites NFT collector. Tennis, golf, and UFC all have a moment in NFT land as the Vegas Sphere makes NFT collectors drool. Uh, don't care. China expands CBDC's tentacles. Malaysia is Hong Kong's new crypto rival and Asia Express. China's President Xi Jinping expands CBDC cooperation at SCO. Hong Kong's crypto licensing costs surge and multi-chain is hacked yet again. Okay, those are the top stories of the week. Uh, moving into a little bit more depth into Ripple. Uh, this is from Coindesk, uh, posted on July 13th. Ripple's XRP token surges 96% after partial victory in SEC lawsuit. XRP's price has skyrocketed 96% in the past day, climbing the most among the largest cryptocurrencies by market capitalization after a U.S. judge ruled the sale of XRP tokens on exchanges did not constitute investment contracts. XRP climbed to as high as 93.8 cents, according to data from CryptoWatch, its highest level since March 2022, before settling to 81 cents at the time of publication. The price action comes immediately after the District Court of the Southern District of New York said the offer and sale of XRP on digital asset exchanges did not amount to offers and sales of investment contracts as the record cannot establish the third Howey prong to these transactions. Uphold, one of the few crypto exchanges where investors can purchase XRP is experiencing in intermittent issues due to high demand according to its Twitter account. And there were some follow-up articles that said something to the effect that, well, first of all, the SEC is going to probably appeal the ruling. Uh, it's confusing in that it says 
it's not a commodity when it was distributed to retail, but it, I'm sorry, a, a security when it was distributed to retail, but the way it was distributed to institutions constituted an investment contract and therefore a security, which, which is really bizarre. And um, some lawyers have been saying that the judge didn't get the law right. <laughs> so maybe when the appeals court hears it, they'll, uh, they'll reverse it. Either way, just buy Bitcoin. Stay humble and stack sads. Uh, next article here, uh, this is from Bitcoin.com. Uh, and this was posted, uh, looks like today. Uh, IMF has not seen specific proposal on BRICS currency. So I thought this was kind of an interesting one to follow. The International Monetary Fund was asked during a press conference on Thursday about its position on the proposed BRICS currency following media reports that the BRICS nations are launching a gold-backed currency that will be formally announced at the Economic Bloc's upcoming Leaders Summit in August. The BRICS nations comprise Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Julie Kozak, the director of IMF's communications department, replied, with respect to the to the way countries or the currencies in which the countries conduct trade, we view that as a decision of the participants involved in the individual transactions. That is generally our view, the IMF spokesperson added. With respect to a particular BRICS currency, we do not have any specific comments on this. We have not seen any specific proposal. However, she stated uh, that more broadly, shifts in the currency composition of reserves and of trade tend to be relatively slow moving if we look at history. And so we do see some slow moving trends that are taking place. She gave an example of the US dollar stating that the share of the US dollar in global foreign reserves has declined from around 70% at the end of 1999 to around 58% at the end of last year. While Russian news outlet RT claimed that the BRICS nations are launching a gold-backed currency, Leslie Mazdorp, vice president and chief financial officer of the New Development Bank, also known as the BRICS Bank, insisted that the BRICS does not have an immediate plan to create a common currency to challenge the dominance of the U.S. dollar. The development of anything alternative is indeed a medium to long-term ambition, he stressed. The governor of Russia's central bank said this week that a common BRICS currency requires the consent of many parties, noting that this project is challenging and will be quite difficult to implement. Uh, and again, sounds good, right? Gold-backed, hard money. But uh, I think history has shown that uh, the rug can be pulled on that at any time because, again, you have to trust the centralized party holding the gold that they're not going to debase the currency and they're going to continue to maintain the backing. So um, Bitcoin is way better than that because you can't uh, control the, you, you can't manipulate it. So maybe they'll figure out that Bitcoin would be a good way to conduct transactions in the world, but, uh, but who knows? I think the lure of the money printer and being able to, uh, Maintain the fiat system is uh, way too strong for that, but uh, we can hope. Uh, next up is, uh, this is from Bitcoin Magazine. This was posted on July 13th, uh, an update on CleanSpark. CleanSpark announces completion of Georgia expansion surpasses 8 exahash per second. 
CleanSpark Inc. has announced the completion of phase two of its mining campus expansion in Washington, Georgia. The expansion is expected to increase CleanSpark's Bitcoin mining compute power by 1.8 exahashes per second to a total of 8.5 exahashes per second. The company has set lofty goals for reaching a target of 16 exahashes per second by the end of the year. The Washington campus has a power capacity of 50 megawatts and currently operates over 10,500 mining machines with a total investment of over $100 million. Zach Bradford, CEO of CleanSpark, expressed his appreciation for the successful execution of the expansion, highlighting the technical expertise and support from the local community. He stated, this expansion has already helped us get more than halfway to our year-end guidance of 16 exahash per second. CleanSpark has been actively pursuing growth opportunities, particularly during the recent bear cycle. Last month, the company acquired a turnkey Bitcoin mining campus in Dalton, Georgia, consisting of two sites for $9.3 million. In addition to that, in the same month, the company announced the acquisition of more than 12,000 cutting-edge mining machines. The expansion in Washington, Georgia has marked another milestone for CleanSpark as it continues to increase its Bitcoin mining capacity. Okay, next up is from Bitcoinist.com. This was posted today. Article entitled, BlackRock Application for Spot Bitcoin ETF Undergoes Formal Review by SEC. Uh, so the next couple uh, articles will be about that. The rivalry to introduce the first Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. is heated up. BlackRock and Bitwise, two big market players, have each proposed their own ETF, and the United States Securities and Exchange Commission is quite interested in these plans. Both firms are vying for the chance to be the first to market with a revolutionary investment product that would broaden the pool of people who can afford to invest in Bitcoin. BlackRock's application for the iShares Bitcoin Trust was officially docketed by the SEC, marking a significant step in the regulatory review process. The company's revised application includes a surveillance sharing clause partnering with Coinbase Crypto Exchange to monitor and report potential illicit activities. This move came after the SEC had signaled concerns about the initial application. Bitwise, on the other hand, also received acknowledgement for its spot Bitcoin ETF application, adding to the growing list of contenders seeking SEC approval. Alongside BlackRock and Bitwise, other prominent firms like Invesco, WisdomTree, Fidelity, Valkyrie, and ARK Invest have entered the race, each incorporating the surveillance sharing provision in their applications. In simple terms, a spot Bitcoin ETF is a type of investment fund that lets people or organizations buy the popular digital currency, exchange-traded funds, or ETFs are financial products that follow the price of an object or group of assets. The word spot refers to the fact that the ETF trades directly in Bitcoin instead of in Bitcoin futures or other derivatives. This means that the fund owns Bitcoin itself, not a contract or other symbol of its value. By buying shares of a spot Bitcoin ETF, people can gain exposure to changes in Bitcoin's price without having to buy and keep Bitcoin for themselves. The ETF provider handles buying, storing, and keeping Bitcoin safe on clients' behalf. Once approved, this type of ETF would be tradable on traditional stock exchanges, offering a bridge between the world of cryptocurrencies and traditional financial markets. 
The cryptocurrency landscape has recently undergone a considerable development as a result of the SEC's acceptance of these applications. The spot Bitcoin ETF has long been regarded as the holy grail in the sector due to its potential to attract a broader investor base and increase accessibility to digital assets. However, the SEC has been cautious in granting approvals, citing concerns about market manipulation and investor protection. With multiple spot Bitcoin ETF applications under review, the SEC has an opportunity to evaluate various strategies and address potential risks associated with such financial products. The competition among companies vying for approval is seen as a positive sign for the crypto industry as diverse proposals offer the SEC a comprehensive perspective on this emerging market. While the SEC is yet to approve a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States, Canada has taken a more progressive stance with three major funds, including Purpose Bitcoin, 3IQ CoinShares, and CI Galaxy Bitcoin, already receiving regulatory approval. Meanwhile, the SEC's official docketing of BlackRock and Bitwise's applications, along with several other contenders, will now trigger a public comment period of 21 days during which investors, industry experts, and other stakeholders can provide their input and feedback. An exchange-traded fund that tracks the price of Bitcoin in real time might be a watershed moment, bridging the gap between the realm of conventional finance and the frontier of digital assets as interest in cryptocurrencies grows throughout the world. However, with regulatory scrutiny as the foremost priority, the SEC will carefully evaluate each proposal to ensure it aligns with investor protection standards and market integrity. Uh, well, we certainly hope they do that. Too bad they didn't do that um, with all the shit coins where people lost their uh, shirts on. But uh, maybe next time. Okay, uh, and then next here, uh, this is from Decrypt, uh, and this is uh, Larry Fink out talking the book. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, crypto will transcend any one currency. BlackRock boss Larry Fink has upped his bullish stance on cryptocurrency as an investment today, saying that it's going to transcend any one currency. <clears throat> the CEO of the world's largest asset manager said in a Friday interview with CNBC that although he couldn't talk about Bitcoin specifically as BlackRock had filed an application with the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission for a spot market Bitcoin ETF, crypto has a differentiating value versus other asset classes. BlackRock, which manages $9.5 trillion in assets last month, applied to the SEC for a spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund leading institutional investors to pour money into the space and in turn causing the asset to jump to a 12-month high. We believe we have a responsibility to democratize investing, he said regarding ETFs. Over the last five years, more and more global investors are asking us about the role of crypto. And like I said, I do think a lot of crypto is an international asset. More importantly, because it's so international, it's going to transcend any one currency in currency valuation, he continued, adding that an international crypto product can transcend the problem of dollar devaluation. A spot market Bitcoin ETF uh, would give institutional investors access to Bitcoin without having to deal with complex storage issues, which could mean more money flowing into the market should an ETF ever be approved. ETFs are popular investment vehicles that allow people to buy shares that track the value of an underlying asset like gold, foreign currencies, or cryptocurrency. 
A spot Bitcoin ETF does not yet exist in the U.S., but a number of high-profile investment firms have applied to the SEC for one. The SEC has been reluctant to approve such a product, though, citing market manipulation as one of its concerns. Just last week, billionaire Fink said the role of crypto is digitizing gold and that Bitcoin was an international asset. But back in 2017, he said that, quote, Bitcoin just shows you how much demand for money laundering there is in the world. <laughs> he changed his stance over the years, later claiming that it was a, quote, great asset. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's probably been buying Bitcoin and uh, he's pumping the bags and uh, wants to get retail ready. Uh, will the uh, ETF be approved? Chances are pretty good, um, considering they've only, I think that out of all the ETFs they've filed for, I think, and it's a huge number, it's like 576, I think they got turned down for one. Um, seems unlikely that they'll get turned down. Um, and then uh, the institutional rush will be on. But again, buying the ETF, you don't you really own Bitcoin, you own paper. It's uh, it's like owning a gold coin in your hand versus buying the GLD ETF. Um, so is it good for price action? Yeah. Is it good for adoption? Probably. Um, but it's not the way that we were intended to hold Bitcoin. So uh, stay humble, stack sacks. Hold your own keys. All right, moving along. Uh, next here is a little deeper dive into the, the Europe Bitcoin ETF. This is from Bitcoin.com. This was posted today. The first Bitcoin exchange traded fund in Europe is expected to be publicly listed by the end of the, this month, a full year after its initially planned launch. The Financial Times reported on Thursday. The ETF was first announced by Jacobi Asset Management in July 2022. The asset manager wanted to list it on the Euronext exchange last year, but decided that, quote, the time wasn't right. After a string of negative events in the crypto space, like the crash of the Terra Luna project and the bankruptcy of cryptocurrency exchange FTX. So, uh, no kidding. The issuer now says demand has shifted since last summer and the ETF is on track. All exchange traded products based on digital assets in Europe so far have been structured as exchange traded notes rather than funds, the Business Daily pointed out. Jacoby had, has specifically highlighted that it's launching an ETF, not an ETN. While an ETF shareholder owns a portion of a fund's underlying asset, ETN investors own a debt security. There has been so much misinformation and misuse of the term ETF by ETN issuers, presumably to obfuscate the risks that are inherent in acquiring and investing in ETNs. Jacoby's co-founder and chief operating officer, Peter Lane, was quoted as saying last year, Unlike ETNs, the Bitcoin ETF that Jacoby Asset Management uh, prepares to offer cannot be leveraged or use derivatives, which would otherwise lead to significant counterparty risk, uh, the investment management firm emphasized. Well, that's funny because you actually have counterparty risk when someone else holds your keys. The new ETF has been authorized in Guernsey a Channel Island jurisdiction that will facilitate its launch as it is not subject to the inherent inflexibilities of being an EU member, noted David Crossland, a partner in offshore law firm Kerry Olson. 
Launching a Bitcoin ETF in Europe would have come with a very large regulatory challenges, according to Michael O'Reardon, founding partner of ETF and digital assets consultancy, Blackwater Search and Advisory. He explained that Bitcoin is not considered an eligible asset under the EU's Undertakings for Collective Investment and Transferable Securities Directive, UCITS, which allows collective investment schemes to operate throughout the union based on an authorization from a single member state. Quoting data from Coinbase and Bloomberg, the report details that net flows into European digital asset ETPs reached 483 million over the past 18 months, and assets in European digital asset ETPs stand at 4.3 billion euros, over $4.8 billion, according to Morningstar data analyzed by the FT, FT's Ignites Europe Asset Management Industry News Outlet. That's interesting. So it sounds like they have to work around the EU rules, and that's probably why there's so many exchange-traded notes, uh, because those are um, not, you know, Bitcoin. They're basically, it's debt securities, and so therefore it's not prohibited by their crazy rules there. So, uh, and so they found a workaround by uh, launching the e ETF from Guernsey. So we wish some luck with that. But again, just uh, buy Bitcoin, hold your own keys. Don't take the counterparty risk. Don't don't buy paper. Uh, and then uh, this was kind of interesting. This is um, also from Bitcoin.com. This was posted uh, a couple days ago. Uh, article entitled Trump reveals NFT income crypto holdings in new disclosure. So I think last week I might have talked about uh, Robert Kennedy's um, crypto holdings because I guess he filed a statement. You know, all the candidates have to do that. And so this week it was Donald Trump's turn. So uh, the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, has provided more information about his financial state, detailing income earned from speaking fees, the sale of his Washington, D.C. hotel, and digital collectibles, Bloomberg reported. In a revised disclosure filed with the Office of Government Ethics, he reveals the exact sums for more than $1 billion in income received from these and other sources that he had previously declared only in broad terms to the Federal Election Commission. In the earlier disclosure submitted in April, Trump, now running for a second non-consecutive term in the 2024 election, was allowed to indicate broad ranges for some types of income like dividends, capital gains, interest, rent, and royalties. Other types of income, such as salaries and speaking fees, he is expected to disclose in exact amounts, the report noted. The presidential hopeful gave more details on the company that receive, receives licensing fees for using Trump's image on a collection of NFTs, CIC Digital LLC, in the latest disclosure. The latter owns a U.S. bank account with less than $1,000, but also an Ethereum wallet holding between $250,000 and $500,000 worth of crypto. The former head of state announced his Trump digital trading cards in December when the first badge was sold within hours of launch. The tokens listed on the NFT marketplace OpenSea depict him as numerous characters from golfer to Superman. The NFT market was affected by negative developments in the crypto space in the past year. In June, the monthly global sales volumes were down 38% compared to a year earlier, according to blockchain data provider CryptoSlam. However, the Trump cards registered a spike in sales after the former president was indicted earlier this year. 
Uh, so he's a shit coiner, and uh, he's also trying to rug pull people with uh, NFTs. So do with that information what you will. Uh, and then uh, next up is uh, the last article here, which is uh, also from Decrypt. Um, there's a little bit of chatter about this. This came out uh, July 12th. U.S. government preparing to sell Silk Road Bitcoin again. Here's what's going on. Uh, and it says the U.S. government is moving its Silk Road Bitcoin stash again. Crypto wallets belonging to the Department of Justice on Wednesday moved $300 million in Bitcoin to new addresses in two transactions. The feds hold Bitcoin that's been seized from criminals and sometimes move it around. In the past, they've done so because they intend to sell it, but not always. It is likely the stash comes from its biggest seizure yet. In November 2021, cops took $3.36 billion in BTC after hacker James Zhang confessed to stealing digital assets from the illegal Silk Road marketplace. The feds have since been selling the crypto bit by bit. In March, they sold $215 million worth of the digital gold. At the time, they said they planned to dump another $1.1 billion. Silk Road was an online black market, which mostly sold illegal drugs before authorities shut it down in 2014. James Zhang pleaded guilty last year to wire fraud after the government alleged that he manipulated the Silk Road transaction system in 2012 to pocket 50,676 bitcoins. He kept the stash hidden for 10 years until it ballooned to a value of $3.3 billion. Today's movements show that the government-controlled wallet sent a total of 9,825 Bitcoin worth $301 million at today's prices. The crypto community tends to keep an eye on big and well-known BTC holders because when they move large amounts of funds, it impacts the price of the asset, according to experts. Previous movements, or even suspected movements, have sent the price of the largest cryptocurrency by market cap into a nosedive. The price of Bitcoin briefly dropped at 8.30 a.m. New York time, according to CoinGecko data. The asset has since climbed again and was, at the time of writing, trading for $30,777 per coin, a 0.8% 24-hour rise. Uh, and a lot of people commented on this that, you know, it's kind of silly that the U.S. government is selling the Bitcoin. They should really be keeping it, but uh, but that's what they do when they seize Boats, cars, money, cash, investments, Bitcoin, they just sell it. So, uh, um, more, more coins for us, I guess. Okay, and that pretty much wraps up the Bitcoin news for the week. I did want to mention this week's Substack post, a monthly portfolio update, July 2023. Bitcoin shines amid the chaos. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes to that if you want to check it out. And please subscribe if you're not already subscribed to the Substack. I would appreciate it. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up for the week. So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. I'm also on Fountain. Uh, and uh, you can earn stats just for listening there. You can also follow my Substack again at bitcoinfortress.substack.com, and you can follow me on Twitter. My handle there is at Nick Reichard. I'm also on Noster, and my Noster and Pub is included in my Twitter um, profile. With that, I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.